The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to get started today. The IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers and professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Damn it, sorry about that. Hello, everyone. It is Friday, June 2nd, 2023, and you are back with the IDP Pro Manager Podcast. I am Craig Greith, and with me as always, the IDP tipster himself, Gary. How is June treating you so far? We're somehow almost halfway done with the year here. I know. It is just flying by, and I'm doing great, Craig. I'll, I'll tell you what. The wife and I, we just updated a very old set of wedding rings, and we've been together for since 1999, man. That's a long freaking time. We've been married since That's awesome. uh, 2005. Yep. Yep, so pretty cool. Her birthday's coming up in June, and we got an anniversary, whatever that is. Uh, don't 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 put me on the spot, but either way, it's coming <laughs> up in July. Well, early congratulations to you on Thank that, you. and hopefully many more years coming up here. We are going back into the sort of stock reports for veterans post-NFL draft here. We'll be doing the AFC West this week, so... We'll be looking at the Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders. But before we get into that, we do have a little bit of news for you. Speaking on Thursday, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll said there's still no firm timetable for Jamal Adams' return from the quad injury their star safety suffered last year. He did put a timetable on having a timetable, though, saying he expected to know more about Adams' injury and Jordan Brooks, the linebacker's knee injury, in six to eight weeks so that's given you probably the end of july when he's going to have some sort of an idea for us to have an idea uh so coach speak already well underway for this upcoming season in june colts coach shane steichen said he did not have a timetable as well this time for shaquille leonard their star linebacker that that timetable is about returning to practice over last year's back injury that we know flummoxed people all year long that had invested in Shaq Leonard. In an update to last week, the New York Post, Brian Costello and Ryan Dunleavy reported Quinn Williams and the Jets are not that far apart on a contract extension for their stud defensive tackle. ESPN's Rob Domofsky writes that Packers edge Rashawn Gary was rehabbing off to the side at OTAs, that is for the knee injury he suffered last year that took out their star edge player towards the end of the year. And the Athletics' Ben Standing writes that Commander's linebacker Jamin Davis had a minor cleanup procedure on his knee. So based off of what we have for rosters right now, Davis looks to be the main middle linebacker for them this year. Gary, this minor cleanup procedure aside, because people always get these things, and if they're saying it's minor, we're going to believe that for now. Do you still believe in Jamin Davis being the guy there for him for this year anyway? you know, Long term, we'll have to see how it plays out. But former first-round pick, I think this is going into year three for him. Do you think it'll be his year? 
still believe it was tough believing last year. And if it wasn't for Cole Holcomb getting back into his injury history, I'm not 100% sure how that would have worked exactly, if I remember right. And Davis is not, (laughs) we said it going into last year, he's far from prime. He's a little closer. He looks a little better. He's got some more playing time under his belt. There's no reason to think that uh, he can't continue to consume those tackles like he's been doing. He's just not a big playmaker. Depending what kind of format you have, yeah, I'm a believer. I mean, do I want him to be the guy anchoring my top linebackers? No, but if he's within those, you know, that lower top LB1 tier, I ain't really got a problem with it. Given the sort of projected role he's there to have at the moment, I'd be happy with him as my linebacker too. I don't know necessarily how happy I would be if I'm expecting him to be my first linebacker. To your point, if you're taking him sort of towards the linebacker 12 to 16, somewhere in there, and if he ends up being your first one, so be it. If you get another guy similar to him there and hope one of them ends up being a value and ends up ranking a lot higher at the end of the year, I'm fine you know, trying to play with that strategy. But I wouldn't go into this season expecting him to be a linebacker one. I think a linebacker two where he caps off is probably more realistic at this point. And we know you don't like Cody Barton there. So we've uh, gone over our Cody Barton comments before, but he's the other name, <laughs> so to speak, in the linebackers for Washington. So one of those two right. will probably have a very nice year for IDP managers. Davis is probably the more likely, but we'll see how it plays out. Well, we're going to be diving into the AFC West, as I mentioned here. We're going to be talking about standard league plays, up and down values. But before we get into that... The IDP Pros Podcast is presented by EdgeBoost, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances. Imagine what you can do with that increased bankroll. Bet down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months on end. You can double down on your favorite bet, use it to create an awesome middle, or hedge that parlay you've almost hit. Hedge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark. They charge 0% interest. Do you know of a way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Well, you do now. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Stick around for the end of the show, and we will be giving you Johnny the Greek's Edge Boost Double Down Play of the Day, and you don't want to be missing that one. Nope, nope. All right. So going into the AFC, we're going to be starting here with the Broncos, someone whose value kind of seems like it's going up for the role that he has now and going forward is Alex Singleton linebacker that they gave a nice size contract to this off season. He had a fantastic season last year. I think he had over mm-hmm. 160 combined tackles. Mm-hmm. Gary, that's a lofty ceiling for anyone to attain in the season. <laughs> although Singleton has shown himself to be a tackle monster in this right. Denver system certainly allows him to flourish like that. How are you feeling about him? Where do you kind of see him capping off this year? Kind of hard to make a guy stock up in this situation when he's already been that outlier kind of guy to begin with. You know, we've we've ran the ringer about being in Philadelphia. He's 
actually not an elite player, but he has great instincts and he's always around the ball, making making tackles and making some plays on top of it. So where he is stocked up in this division is simple fact that three-year contract that locks it in. As far as I'm concerned, the risk versus reward is not even close to what it was with this contract. So, you know, I'm going maybe top 10. I think it's hard to bet against him. Yeah, even when he wasn't the guy when he was a Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. whenever he would get on the field, he was one of those guys like, oh, so-and-so is out. Singleton's going to be playing for him. You know you could just, you know, pick him up if you're on waivers or take him from your bench and plug him in, you know. It almost felt like he was guaranteed to get you double-digit combined tackles, which mm-hmm. you can't be asking for a more. What really was a bench player, you know, prior to last year, and he was oh, you know, yeah. just trying to find himself on a team that would give him a long-term shot, and we have that now. So if you're looking at where he was a year ago, value-wise, to where he is now, and where he could even end up, he's still not a household name. Yeah, I, I certainly think there's room for where he's going now to where he could end up. Just to recap the guy's history, if I remember right. He tried out for the NFL like in 2016 or something, 15 possibly, didn't make the grade. So he took his talents to Canada, got their attention. Philadelphia, if I remember right, it, for some reason, Buffalo is like fading in and out of there too. But I, I do believe it was Philadelphia that sucked him into the situation where, man, he's done nothing but make waves in IDP formats everywhere. Yeah. And when you're looking at him, you know, there's a lot of places even for this year or the next few years that don't have him in terms of just overall rankings very high at all. You know, you you can still find him somewhere down in the twenties quite often for rankings, which for what he's done um, guy that we've talked about in the news there earlier, you know, he's behind Jordan Brooks um, in a lot of places, which I'd rather have Singleton over Jordan Brooks at this point. Brooks showed himself to get your stats too, but he's coming off a big injury. It takes time for players right. to recover from that. We don't know where he's going to be after that. And a lot of his production was just volume-based, where Singleton graded out better you know, than even Jordan Brooks did. So a lot of different ways that you can look at it, but it certainly seems like he's still a value. I'm in a middle of a 22-round all-IDP best ball draft with a few IDP pros and gurus, I guess you could say. And I lucked out after going Pete Warner. I kind of feel this is pretty good quality. Of course, I went Nick Bolton, my first pick, first round. But then I got Pete Warner in the fifth, Caden Ellis in the sixth, and seventh with Singleton. Shaq Thomas at ninth, but either way, I felt pretty warm and fuzzy about getting Alex Singleton after some of those other players. Another linebacker sort of feels like from what we've talked about, we see him sort of stocked down comparatively mm-hmm. with Josie Jewell. Uh, so Josie Jewell's contract, I'm pretty sure is up after this year. And, you know, it'll remain to be seen what they're going to end up doing with him. But they just drafted Drew Sanders, which is a super athletic, really productive linebacker last year at Arkansas. Showed himself to be able to do a lot of different things. He went in the third round, I believe, of the NFL draft this year. But he was one of the higher linebackers taken. Josie Jewell is 28 this year. Alex Singleton, well, at least right now, and Singleton's 29. So it's not like there's a big age difference. They've committed themselves Singleton, they drafted a linebacker, you know, usually a third round pick. You think they're going to end up hoping to be a starter year two in the league. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of seems like Jules an unknown, and I'm seeing him ranked a lot of places higher than Alex Singleton, even. So I've seen that too to see recently. That. Yeah, recently. I can't call it crazy. All right, everybody's got their own thing about it, but I'm not going there. Josie Jules already proven that he can't stay completely healthy. It's his last year of his contract. They just paid Alex Singleton for a reason. They're not going to probably pay Josie Jules either. The Drew Sanders was. Basically, in everybody's overall opinion, is that you know he's the heir apparent. I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, you can't say that it won't happen this year because the only thing it takes is Joel to get nicked up again, miss a few games in a row. Sanders outperform. Never know. Weirder things happen, but either way, Josie Jewel has really become hard to depend on. Dynasty wise, as long as he's in Denver, I'm looking at it that he's stocked down. Standard size leagues. Oh, I kind of feel the same way. Moving over into the the deeper leagues, we got Zach Allen here. He signed a huge contract coming over from the Arizona Cardinals. He had two actually really nice years the past two years where he had four and then five and a half sacks, 48 and 47 combined tackles, five and 10 tackles for a loss with some big plays in there. Like last year he had eight pass deflections, which is just awesome to see out of a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Got a couple fumble recoveries, stuff like that. And he's moving over, sort of being plugged into the vacated spot from Draymond Jones, who was there and moved on to Seattle. Mm-hmm. He was a really nice pickup for a lot of people last year in those deeper leagues or those leagues where you need to have one of those interior defensive linemen. How are you feeling about him moving over into Denver? Well, you got to like the opportunity and what he is bringing to the table. So I'm giving him that deep stock up. Uh, as an interior defensive lineman, preferably off the edge, it would have to be really, really deep. So think DT designation if you can, or interior defensive lineman, depending on your site. But yeah, definitely why I got him listed here. I I like him. Not feeling all warm and fuzzy about Kareem Jackson. He's got to be stocked down at this point. Kind of surprised. I think he just re-signed. And we have one a, year deal oh, about two, two and a half million. Yep. What is it? They just drafted Skinner high. They just drafted, I mean, his just age, just age. It's definitely a stock down. And I don't know if he has much stock this year, maybe some in redraft. <clears throat> I wouldn't expect him to do more, much more than what he did last year, if I remember right. That, uh, that was kind of like a DB2 at best. So Caden Stearns last year was a fifth-round pick, and Skinner was a, a sixth-round pick this ah, year. I, hey, I stand corrected. People need to know that. I, I do think this could be one of those, because he is old. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, he was a first-round pick in 2010. He's going to be – he just turned 35. You know, mm-hmm. that's old for an NFL player. I mean, yeah, that, I'm that. older than he is even. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's old, but for the NFL, <laughs> he's old. You know, that's just the way that it works in that sort of league. Yeah, and but he knows how to play the game. He knows how to get people in the right position. And, you know, maybe it sees him be, yeah, he's on the field as a player, but he's also sort of a player coach to, like, help these younger guys, right. you know, learn right. the nuances and stuff. So I think it makes sense, especially for a team that mm-hmm. views himself as a contender. You want that savvy veteran. So it makes sense from football perspective. I agree. You know, for a defensive back league, you know what you're getting with them, and that's fine, but I'm not looking for that as far as your deep bench spots in a big league where you'd be considering Kareem Jackson. Up or down on Randy Gregory? I'm kind of stuck in the middle on him. So they paid him. They're going to be using him, and he sort of has that sewn-up spot as their main edge player. 
Jonathan Cooper was productive for a seventh round pick out of Ohio State. The previous coaching staff loved him. Uh, we'll have to see. You know, he's a seventh round pick. They're not really invested in him, but you know, he showed well played hard. Baron Browning, I guess, is the guy I'd be more interested in than Randy Gregory because Randy Gregory, based off the name, is going to go higher. But he's also uh, significantly older. Been around quite a while. He, he, the stats don't back it up, but he was in and out of the league. He was getting suspended when he was with Dallas. He was a great talent coming into the league, but that was 2015. You know, that's, but I'm not expecting him to have some amazing, huge career year. And value wise, I'd rather take a shot on someone like Baron Browning. That seemed more exciting what we saw out of him than going with Randy Gregory. So he's viable. He's just no one I'm like looking to take. Browning in standard leagues or deeper? You're talking deep leagues. I have to, yeah, yeah. I'd have to fill the deep swing. Yeah, I do like Randy Gregory enough to, you know, poke him on there at the end. But if he, if you're seeing him in some rankings and he's in that top 12, 15, it better be. If we're talking standard leagues, I wouldn't want him even as my edge two. I'd rather have right. him as an edge three, someone that you can right. plug and play if you have to. Right, leave him on the waiver wire in standard leagues. You can get him later. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals Contest. Enter exclusively on the SGPN app. We've got series props and game props. A $100 SGPN gift card is up for grabs for each contest. Download the SGPN app and enter today. Coming up next here, the Chargers. So this one was a bit interesting, Gary, when I saw him on here. Yeah, Derwin James is a guy with his potential stock up. So a lot of places have him as the safety one or the defensive back one based on what he can do. What kind of makes you feel like there's still room to go up? It'll be tough to even match. I, I guess when you look at this overall Chargers death chart, realistically in a standard league if you have to pick an option do you see any stock up standard guys other than saying maybe derwin james because it seems like over the last couple of years i believe it's been like 14 15 games a season he has finally made a dent enough even though it may not be playing the entire season for whatever reason he's still making a huge dent and when he's in there those consistent numbers are high and a lock across the board for those 14, 15 games normally. So it does make that worth it. It's it's a fine line, but at least we have a, what I feel, a ceiling, all right? And that ceiling's based off the idea that he's only going to play 16 games this season. Yeah, I mean, I love Derwin James. He's my defensive back one, you know, in terms of ratings for Dynasty and, and for redraft. And I, again, I don't know if it's so much a stock up thing, but if I'm thinking about someone that I could see improve upon where he's being ranked, I would be I would throw out Eric Kendricks. You know, the longtime linebacker in Minnesota, he has had you know 143, 137 combined tackles with over 80 solo each of the past two years. That probably feels about right again. But the Chargers have just been looking for a consistent one linebacker that they can trust for so long. It seems like, and to put that savvy veteran that was already an all right defense when everyone was healthy. You know, they got these veterans, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack there. Like, it just feels like, all right, 
if they're going to have a linebacker break this curse, feels like it could be Eric Hendricks. And he's being drafted usually in the 20s, it seems like. And I think he could have a better landing than that in end of the year results you know, for the next year or two. I'll be doing my normal whining about Tranquil here shortly when we go to the <laughs> Chiefs. So I'm not even going to go there on this one. Derwin James is Derwin James. You get what you pay for. It's either a home run grand slam kind of thing or it's not. Uh, if you're going to go there and it's a DB, standard leagues, you, you got to go with him. If you get a hold of him in a deep league, that's, that's cheesecake. <laughs> so you don't have any Zach interest out. in the other, the other safeties there at all? No, not at the moment. I think the entire – I think the entire depth chart for anybody that's going to be playing alongside of James, I, I don't think there's going to be enough IDP production there. You got Kendricks, you got Boza coming back, I guess. You got Mac. You know, I, I just don't see it being a relevant position enough to go throwing darts at it if it's Gilman or one of the couple of the guys they've got in that depth chart. Keep an eye on somebody like John Johnson being signed. That would be, oh, imagine that. John Johnson, former Ram, former Brown. Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably wishful thinking, but they ain't going to do it just because it makes sense. Don't miss Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner this season exclusively on Substack. Head over to cornerbackcorner.substack.com and subscribe now to catch Season 4 of the Cornerback Corner. Don't settle for set-and-forget corner options. Maximize your production and let's take home those titles. With a 72% accuracy over the last three seasons, 15-plus years of streaming corner experience, and 20-plus years of IDP experience, you're in capable hands with Johnny the Greek. Join me for the best streaming corner options and advice every week, all season long, in both written and audio format at cornerbackcorner.substack.com. Fact. The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, the fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, the National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations. So please, go and give what you can. And let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope by knowing we all really do care. Looking in the deeper leagues here, anyone that you, uh, you're you fine taking a flyer on in a deeper league from the Chargers? Khalil Mack, you got to kind of give him a little bit of a upside tick if Joey Boza is actually going to be healthy enough to play at least half the season this year. That's all that basically is. Again, looking at this depth chart, I'll ask you, Craig, is there any deep up guys in here? We're excluding uh, rookies here, by and large, too, just so everyone knows. Again, this is mainly mm-hmm. veterans. In a deep league, if J.C. Jackson is healthy and back for the Chargers at one of the quarterback spots, again, this is deep. Asante Samuel mm-hmm. Jr., I like those guys that have the pedigree of their father playing in the league. You know, he was second-round pick. He's going to be one of their starting cornerbacks, and we've seen what Jackson can do when he's healthy and on the field. There'd be more targets out there towards Asante Samuel Jr. He's shown himself to be a willing and a decent tackler. So if you had to pick someone deep, I I guess him. 
rolling off of that, we're just going to skim over the top of Kenneth Murray as a deep stock down. You can't trust anything about this whole situation. Um, I just can't think about why we would spend more than I have at the moment talking about it again. So we'll roll with Boza, which uh, we just mentioned him. He's 50-50. So I have seen him being taken pretty high. He was just taken fairly high and higher than I would have liked to have in his best ball. How much stock can we put into him? He's older. He's injury history. It's a good time for him to come in and maybe have lost a step. He's being drafted too high for my liking. He's still like a top 10 if you're talking about like mm-hmm. a defensive end or an edge guy. The right. only thing that makes me think, hey, maybe this year we'll do all right. If you look at the past six years or so, he's had mm-hmm. a great year, an off year, a great year, off year, great year, off year. We're coming off an off year, so he's due for a bounce back here again here if you're following <laughs> the trend along. based on Because it was 16 games, 7, 16 games, 12, 16 games, 5. Hey, maybe we'll get another 16 games and get those, you know. We do podcasts for a sports gambling podcast network. So, yeah, what the hell? Go throw your odds on it. Playing the odds, you're playing karma. When it comes to drafting them, uh, the only thing I'm going to be interested in is if I can find somebody in a deeper league or something that maybe he's at the end of his uh, career and I can entice them with some kind of depth move where I just call rookie pick or something. It'd have to be a perfect case scenario. Uh, depth is the only place that I'm looking at him at. And if he and Mac are both healthy and you're getting them later than they're going, there's a good shot you get a value because they still are in terms of just pure pass rushers, two of the best in the league when they're healthy. So, well, that's going to bring us to the Kansas city chiefs here, Gary. And I know you mentioned them earlier. Drew Tranquil is one of the guys we're going to talk about here for standard leagues. And Willie Gay is the other one, both linebackers, both alleged options to play second fiddle to Nick Bolton, who's, you know, the main guy there for him. Which one of these you liking up and which one of these you liking down? All right. Well, Nick Bolton's going to stick up there. So between Willie Gay and Tranquil, talked about a little bit. I'm going to try to keep my composure this time, talking about <laughs> how Tranquil got screwed. And just mentioned, you know, Willie Gay, he actually did well on the field last year. And between him and Drew Tranquil, even though you got to give some kudos to Tranquil's coverage skills, there are two different types of kind of linebackers. When I watch him on film, and I've watched a lot of Tranquil, and I watched a lot of Willie Gay towards the end of the last season, I just don't see them displacing him. He's just going to become that third will Tranquil is. So uh, definitely stock down, but his his namesake from last year. Willie Gay, though, I love what he had going on, and I think that he's going to be a great combination, and his snap count was up there towards that last part of the season. He had that crazy suspension, stupid stuff, whatever. He's just coming in, I believe, stock up. So if you're if you're finding him later in drafts, go ahead and dot him on there. Standard leagues, I'd have to kind of consider him a potential serviceable sleeper breakout type. You know, it depends on what his numbers look like in your league or in your format from last year. Kind of hard between Willie Gay and Karlofis. George Karloftis, yep. Oh, oh, yay me. Uh, so I'm not going to attempt that again. I'll probably make sure I copy and paste and put that in a file when I'm editing later because uh, that's not going to happen again anytime soon. It was really tough saying that this kid could not bend 
with Willie Gay in the standard league stock up. I have him in the deeper format stock up. He showed improvement last year towards the end of the season. He's got a year under his belt. Yeah, he's a guy, and they let, I think, the other guys, I mean, Frank Clark is gone, I know. I don't think Dunlap is there right now. I think he's a free agent still. They had a couple older veterans they brought in for that presence, and Karloftis really did turn it up towards the end of the season, and in that playoff run, they sh- he showed him why he took him in the first round mm-hmm. in 2022. Exactly. And they went and they sort of doubled down on the idea. They took Felix Anudike Zoma, who, Again, a big guy, 6'4", 256, really nice athletic profile. Mm-hmm. Showed a lot there when he played at Kansas State. You know, local guy in the area, they knew what they were getting with him. So I, I really like what they're doing with their pass rushing core here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like it's just going to be Carl Loftus and nobody. Because you mentioned they have Chris Jones, and then they had another pass rushing guy here. And don't think they're done completely with Frank Clark. I believe he's still a free agent. Even Dunlap, I mean, you use him in a rotation. He's actually been kind of solid for him. These guys are not necessary for OTAs. There aren't many camps and all this other bullshit. Just count them adding another guy, but I don't think it hurts. Karloftis. No? No? Close. Karloftis. See, I told you I'd never get it again. Anyhow. You went to the well one too many times. Right. I still don't think it's going to hurt him in the long run. They created his niche for him. They found his developmental role and where they're going to use them, and they're going to make sure this kid gets to see the field a lot this year. On the downward side of the deep leagues, Mike Edwards, longtime safety for Tampa Bay, left there, went to sign with the Chiefs, sort of replacing uh, Juan Thornhill, I think is sort of the expectation here. Thornhill moved on to the Cleveland Browns. That spot really hasn't done a whole lot in general. Thornhill's been like, yeah, all right, you know, third, fourth safety, something like that. You could probably live with it, but Never showed a ton of upside. I found it was interesting the contract he got with the Browns. But for the Chiefs, again, not a huge IDP production spot there at that safety spot. So value going down based on the switch. Right. Trivia, who was the last real DB1 safety come out of Kansas City? My guess would be when Tyron Matthew was there been a while and even he really wasn't that strong of one the last few years i think i am so forgetting sorison daniel sorison wasn't he there with kansas city he's kind of more like a huge linebacker slash safety kind of guy and he depend uh yeah yeah he's a big reed fan so actually the last guy to put any kind of in-game numbers maybe not for the season would be that fella and yeah, then you would have to go, go on Matthew. But I had to mention Sorison because he was always the sore spot. He was always on the waiver wire, and it was always the other guy that got him when he turned around and started producing in the middle of the season or something. <laughs> Mike Edwards, yeah, he's definitely stocked down deeper formats and probably non-existent in standard leagues unless something happens to uh, the known producers in that secondary. But Chris Jones. Chris Jones had a hell of a season last year. So I just wanted to bring up the topic. I mean, the guy is clearly one of the best defensive tackles, interior defensive lines, IDP plays at that DL position or whatever with 44 total tackles last year and 15 and a half sacks, numerous, multiple, big splash plays to add to that. So can we crown this kind of a production or even in that realm of that tier? Can we, can we, bet on this enough that we start taking Chris Jones over a lot of these other guys? 
technically, after coming off a performance like this, he's an elite guy. If this was an edge rusher with these numbers, oh my goodness, he he would be a top five in all rankings. Where are you holding him? Do you think that he can come close? To, I'm going to make it easy. Can he hit double digits? Sacks? Can he hit 35 total tackles? Uh, I think he can. I think it's going to depend on how they use him. You know, they've been messing around a lot with are they using him as a DN? Are they moving him back inside? And a lot of what he did last year was due to the fact that and it was, at the end of 2021, it seems like they figured out, right. all right, we're going to move him back inside. And then, you know, in 2022, we're going to use him there. I think that's where he's the most effective. And I think they're finally able to do that because they got these mm-hmm. young pass rushers. Plus, you mentioned if they want to get some more veterans, you know, another name like Justin Houston. He's not a regular, uh, whatever. He's not a player that's going to be out there. He's all the old, time man. Anymore. You can say yeah. it just because I'm sitting here. Well, I wasn't trying to think to that. But he, he's a situational pass rusher. And if you're right. fine with getting your younger guys out there for most of the plays and then you, you need a third pass rusher on the edge or something, mm-hmm. bring one of those older guys, and he can still be effective. Dunlap showed he could do it. Clark could do it. I mean, right. there's pass rushers you're going to be able to find out there if that's all that you want them to do. And that's what's going to help out Chris Jones is having those young guys plus whoever else that they have come in. So, yeah, do I think that he could hit double digits and 30, 35 combined tackles again? I do. There's years where he missed it that he wasn't that far off. You know, 2019, he had nine sacks. 2021, he had nine sacks. He had 36, 36, 27, and 44 combined tackles. So I think around that 9, 10 mark, you know, 35 combined tackles is – sort of what I would expect unless you're playing weird positional stuff with them again. Be sure to enter the IDP pros podcast, Roquan Smith Jersey giveaway to benefit breast cancer awareness. All you have to do to enter is donate as little as $3 to any nationally recognized cancer organization, follow an account or two on Twitter, and retweet the entire post with the hashtag IDPPro. Then you'll be entered into the drawing that will take place on September 24th. You can find that post on Twitter at IDPProPlayersPod or at IDPProManagerPod or by following Gary at the IDP Tipster. Let's help bring cancer to its knees. The Raiders. Who who you like here for the Raiders, Gary? There's, there's a lot of, again, interesting options across this team where it seems like this defense is always in flux. Well, it's kind of tough not to go with stock up with uh, Spielin joining the Raiders, uh, the former Pittsburgh guy. Uh, he actually, you know, he's been serviceable and solid for Tomlinson up in, with the Steelers for a long time. Uh, as a depth guy, he stepped into run the defense quite a few times, though, with some injuries. Been a key second part linebacker for the team a lot, too, over the years. He's very interesting, but I'm going to go with him for more of my deep stock up because I got to jump right back on the only bandwagon that I see that if we're not going to do something with a rookie, perhaps off the top, and that's Devin Diablo again Divine this Diablo. year. Yep. Yeah, you till we get a healthy season completely out of this guy, we can't, you know, just count what we had seen at the beginning and what we have seen at times. Give the guy they're they're believing in him. They're gonna give him another shot. He's definitely stock up. Am I am I going and drafting him like he's my you know, week one starter, even with two to three guys? Probably not. 
I'm definitely doing this as a depth guy, but he has LB1, uh, LB1 potential. We keep saying that. And Robert Spieling, you know, being the deeper stock up, he could actually end up being very serviceable if we can't see Diablo again this year for some unforeseeable reason. Yeah, Diablo is one of those guys that, you know, they hit, they miss. Sometimes it's hard to figure out why, but he's one of those safety linebacker hybrid type of guys that are becoming so popular in today's mm-hmm. NFL. It works well in our minds to project someone to work that way, and it's harder to have that be realized on the field when they're actually playing. But as long as those guys have that versatility, teams are going to sort of be drawn to that. So he'll definitely get his opportunities there. I'm talking about someone sort of value down in deeper league, but you know, you mentioned in other shows that Luke Masterson, you know, he kind of feels like the odd man out of these linebackers that you talked about. Definitely. I mean, he was just kind of a flash in a plan last year. I don't think there's any draft stock there. There's nothing to back this up. They've brought in Spielen. Masterson, if you're still sitting on him in deeper formats or hoping for something more in a standard league, uh, you can pretty well let him go. Besides saying that it's obvious that Chandler Jones is stocked down with the addition of, was it Tyree Wilson, I believe it was? the rookie so uh with his addition dynasty wise chandler jones already showed last year that he is stocked down anyhow because of the season he had in his role max crosby is the stud of this rushing defense and chandler jones is just getting long in the tooth so hell of a career hell of an all pro hall of famer but wrap this up if you want with me just asking you about what was it, second year, or was he a rookie last year? The free safety, I am going to butcher his name. Morg? No, Trayvon. Trayvon Morg. Ah, hey, hey, close. He's a free safety for them. He did a lot better in his second year in the league than he did his first year in terms of just you know being graded out and making some plays. Not necessarily showing up in the box score, but that's the free safety position by and large in today's NFL. I much prefer Marcus Epps, who went there from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's not as sexy of a name as, you know, a young rookie. And I do think Maury could be a long time valuable player in real life NFL, mm-hmm. but it, for fantasy wise, I don't really see it unless they completely change his role. But I think that role is what Marcus Epps is going to have this year. Sort of that role that Jonathan Abram had previously. And that's the more valuable one for fantasy. So I'd rather go with him. I could just avoid both of these guys altogether, especially Epps and his, his, um, his performance last year. So as you stated, you're picking between the, you know, two, positions but in glory and glory of all the strong safety positions in the box i'm not really hyped about epps and they love javon i'm not going to do the end but he did have a few games where he had some good numbers last year if something's clicked best i got on this is i'm dotting him in some deep dynasty leagues like his best ball i might shoot for him at the last I think we're halfway through. I haven't took a DB yet. Oh, no, I just took Sauce Gardner. Excuse me. I think I took Sauce Gardner in 11. That's because my quill ran out. Either way, I was going to dot them all at the end, like five or six in a row since his best ball. And if I get him, eh, hey, you know, it, it might be worth a shot. Ever notice these days how things have changed with sports entertainment? Suddenly everyone is edgy and they don't mind offending people with offensive words. It's everywhere. Podcasts, radio, to primetime TV. All I want are NFL defensive player reports, maybe a quick update on the best streaming corners, and yet 
I have to hear about the dirty O. That's right. Offensive player discussions and hot takes blocking my path to the sweet, sweet defensive information I need. Bullshit. That was until I found the IDP Pro Players Podcast. And now, unless the IDP Pro's John or Gary mess up, Uh I know I'm not going to be offended by their no dirty O approach. So take my word for it. Catch the Sports Gambling IDP Pro Player Podcast every week and leave the dirty O behind. So if you or someone you know has an IDP degenerate problem, that's terrific. And the fantasy move to make is to go follow a couple of the best veterans in the fantasy football industry. That was on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R-O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Oh, yeah. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. My Edge Boost Double Down Play of the Day is for Nikola Jokic to be the NBA Finals MVP. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to sign up today. I am really starting to think that John knows what the hell he's doing on these double downs, right? Nuggets certainly looked good last night, and they, you know, didn't need a ton of Nikola Jokic in that game. Although he's going to be having his big games here, they had a bunch of other players step up, and it's a good Which, bet. Y'all didn't catch it. That's what his uh, double down was last week, right? Yep, Nuggets to win it all. And we want to thank you guys for watching us live on YouTube here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, as you can hear the little jingle in your ear when we or any of the other great SGPN content goes live. Hit the like button on YouTube so you get to see more of Gary, Craig, Johnny, and SGPN in your algorithm. We have the NFC West. We got the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals next week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. That's going to do it for us, everyone. I want to thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. So you can see us then. You can check us out. And, of course, the IDP Pro Players Pod over on any of the podcatchers that you have. Spotify, Apple, TuneIn. I almost forgot. A review there for us. What did you forget, Gary? And another, another forgot. You can now catch reruns of the IDP Pro Players Pod that's that's been going on for a long time now. It's over a year old or hitting on a year now. You can catch those reruns on YouTube. And we'll start dotting in some old with the new. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will see you next week.